0: Now, before we start, a meta question. Doesn't mean you should take this as what will happen, but I just want to ask a question of Jack first. Okay. Let's say you spend the next period of time in a jail cell.
1: I'm prepared for it, yeah. I'm... Are you prepared for that, if that is what. You thing... won't believe it, but I've, I've been thinking about as not all weekend, but I've been thinking about it a fraction of my weekend. I, I am prepared for it, yes. Okay, all right. Now. Let's just see how it plays out, but it might be
0: reasonable and logical for you to, at some point, if that does happen, to give you something to do, it might be that you just take over Jamie for, for a while. All right. Whilst the wheels of justice turn. That can be done, I suppose. I'm, I'm just suggesting that, I'm not saying any of that will happen, I just wanted to make sure that we're all giving consent to the full force of justice coming down on your head. All right, cool. Uh, all right, you have my consent, yes. So when we last were here a rather discombobulated Jack had just come back into the bar and had sat down and had shared what he had found and I think you're all back in in the pub now having done your various your various explorations is it the same night it's the same it's not even nighttime it's it's just afternoon it's late afternoon Okay, so, I'm, uh, so I'm still drunk yeah everyone i think everyone's still drunk probably
2: oh i'm white girl raced
0: which is probably why we've got to where we've got to <laughs> and reverend stratton comes in to the bar crosses himself obviously and comes into the bar into the pub with constable tumwell who's a bit red-faced and puffing his cheeks out behind and reverend stratton points to jack and says constable that's the man who assaulted my groundskeeper arrest him right away he's a scoundrel a vagabond and a vagrant Hey, only two of those things are true. And Constable Tumwell starts kind of slowly edging into the pub. And he says, Well, your nose is clean, then good, yeah, he says. What are you talking to me? I'll allow everyone to make a. Who's, who's in there? Actually, I guess it's all of you. I'll, I'll allow you all to make a psychology roll. All right. <laughs> Jack, absolutely. <laughs> no. So this information is only in the. Purview of Cole and Claudia. Oh, I gotta roll mine. Yep. Wow. (laughs) Well, let's say that, Will, you know what? For that failed psychology role, I'm gonna say you just kind of slowly slump to the side onto your chair and (laughs) and you've passed out from the booze.
2: Oh, there he goes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I pass out sometimes when I think too hard. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the brain power needed to. So, Cole and Claudia, you both are pretty aware, especially Cole, because you. You know, you've been around law enforcement. This guy, the constable looks very nervous about this whole, you know, what's playing out in front of you. But only you two notice this. So I, we will leave that with you. And he, and he steps forward and he says, Mr. McVitie, I have, have it under good authority that you have assaulted a certain Mr. Jed Wainwright in the grounds of Lesser Edale Church, not two hours
1: gone. What do you have to say for yourself? I think Jack is facing the window, like he's facing the back to the constable, but Jack slowly gets up from the chair i bench actually sitting on, and he turns around and he faces the constable. And he says, Yes, I did it. And I will tell you why I did it. I did it because I was feeling dark, depressed, and I was still scared of people. People that I open up to that I start trusting. Building a connection so fragile, fragile and deep, that can get shattered. Shattered I wanted that sleeping man's hat. That's why I did it. That's why says. What's that got to do with anything? I mean, you hit him around
0: on top of his bonce with a bloody rock.
3: Did you get his hat?
1: And I just explained why.
3: Yes, is he still alive?
1: I just told you that I did it, yes. You're right.
0: Now, you were kind of spinning him a yarn there, so that is a fast talk. I'll allow you to make a fast talk roll. Cheers. Oops. Well...
1: You want to spend some luck on that? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I have a lot of luck. I think in this case, I mean, I don't really want to go to jail. I guess, and there's no, there's no meta world where I have the choice to be Jamie. So Jack has sort of admitted to it, and he is actually willing to stand up for it. He doesn't want to talk himself out of this. That's what he's decided. So is no, he Dale? doesn't. He, he doesn't want to talk himself out of it. Really, he just, he just literally told the truth. So he's okay. not gonna. Yeah. Okay. So Tomwell says,
0: "Well, look, you're admitting it. You're saying you did it. I did it." Oh bloody hell! And he turns to the reference reference, what, what do I do now? And the reference says, "Do your job, man. Do your job." He says, oh, "Could oh, I?
2: Right. Oh, wait. Yes, yes. Could... You can.
0: You, the, the rest of you can say intervene if you wish. <laughs> yes, of course."
2: Could I kind of like shakily stand up and kind of go over to the constable and be like, "Listen, from one cop to another, he's a little out of it. It's it's been kind of you know one of those months, not really those days. One of those months. You can leave him with us. We'll we'll keep a tighter leash on him." We don't really need to go through the whole song and dance. I know there's a lot of paperwork that has to be done after this.
0: You're telling me I don't even have anywhere to put him? I'll have to take him on on my bicycle up to up to Greater Edale. You don't even have a jail cell? No, we don't have a jail. Look at this. Look at look at the size of this village.
2: Yeah, so I'd, so I'd assume he'd have at least a drunk tank that I totally do not need to be in.
0: Well, now you come to mention it, what with all the strange people we've had coming around here in the last three months I, I suppose it's uh anyway look i don't know why i'm talking to you about this
2: have this strike you a little deal community service have jack kind of help out the priest a little bit you know clean up the the, the church and all that
0: i tell you what why don't you make a charm or whichever yeah no <laughs> yeah no he says oh i've never heard of anything like that if you if you've assaulted someone i can't see how i could do that i mean i i I don't want to have to go through all the trouble, but um, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to. Then Tomwell walks forward and he says, I'm sorry, Mr. McVitie, but I got no other choice. You're going to have to accompany me with Reverend Stratton to the church. As Tomwell is stepping forward and with his apologetic look on his face, Claudia.
3: Claudia steps forward and says, My good man. Look, I know that you guys don't have a jail cell or all these things, but you and so you also probably don't have a lot of people to help out at the church, especially since one of them, as we all know, is a little bit injured. So I know you guys don't have community service, but there's always room for new things. It's the 1900s, new new century. Let's try community service. Just have him help out at the church.
0: Okay, to make a persuade roll. Wow. Oh, my God. Ooh, <laughs> oh,
3: no that's a one.
0: Oh, that's ruined all my fun i so wanted jack to spend at least a couple of <laughs> nights in jail
3: i mean he does kind of deserve it but also it would be fun for him to have to do work at the church
0: and Tamwell says well i don't know about that i mean i'll have to ask the reverend and he looks to the reverend and the reverend says there is always work to be done in the house of god
3: z jack there you go
0: <laughs> and then the policeman says well i mean i suppose it's best for everyone but First things first, Mr. McVitie, you're going to have to come and say sorry to Jed. He's feeling right sore. I'm sorry you're in pain. We're all in pain. So he says, you, you're going to have to come and apologize to Jed. He's at my house, lying on my sofa, probably bleeding on my bloody sofa right now. So come on. And then he leads you off with the Reverend, and you disappear out of the pub, accompanied by the, the two gentlemen.
2: you got to teach me how to do that talking stuff doll
0: i'm no good at it am I, am I passed out for the night or no you've you've woken
4: up at this point uh, <laughs> what does so you know? it Serves me right for not for thinking too hard when i'm drunk <sighs> yeah see earlier i was talking to that that lawrence fella
2: the arabia dude
4: Nah, nah, wolf boy that we're looking for he's a
0: nice guy invite us over for dinner tomorrow night
5: is the reverend still there
0: Let's say the reverend has stayed there and he's kind of just eyeballing you at the moment, just pondering a bit whether he should come over and say anything to you.
2: You want a drink, father? I'll buy.
0: He says, in this country, priests do not drink. I don't know how it works in your country. I I was under the impression that nobody drank.
2: Uh, We got like apple juice back here at the bar, don't we? And I kind of lean over the bar to look.
0: He comes over to you and he says, my son. I can see that your friend is a deeply troubled individual it is only the goodness of my heart that prevents him from being locked up right now i can see that you and your friends are also somewhat troubled he says as he catches a the full sight of your various injuries and
5: speaking of uh, trouble we would hate to trouble you further, further but if you would not mind if we would order you a glass of water we have some questions regarding the recent happenings in this town.
0: Well, if you're buying, I wouldn't mind.
5: I will buy you the finest water this
2: this country has to offer. Oh, Gwen, Gwen, there must be juice or something here. <laughs> He's a man of God. He can turn into wine.
0: I'm a bit <laughs> partial to elderberry cordial.
3: Ah, oh, excellent. Oh, that sounds so British. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he asked for an elderflower cordial. And he sits down, I suppose, at your table, and he says, I don't know you you young people today. Young? The kids and their jazz music. Your <laughs> jazz music and your gin fizzes. Miss, you, you do not seem to be of the same generation, the same category, let's say, as, as these others. What, what on earth are you doing associating with, with such ruffians?
5: Oh, I am a woman of education. I am, say, a doctor. I make sure they do not get their uh, half-stop. Their scraped knees get a boo-boo or a band-aid. Our knees are very grateful. Yes, so many boo-boos.
0: And what has brought you to Lesser Edel? Is it is it some sort of macabre interest in, in gruesome tales?
5: You could say
3: that. I mean, actually, I think that is kind of the truth. <laughs> it is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is a side quest, so yes. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, I know it made the national papers, or at least some of them, but you're the first group of um, how should I put it? Tourists? To come? <laughs> maybe maybe it could be uh, something that we uh we, we can capitalise on, bring a bit of money into the community. What do you think?
3: Oh, I love that idea. definitely. And
0: he says, well, I'm a little bit reluctant to say anything. Your friend, that McVitie, that, that hooligan, can you promise me that, that he will behave himself from now on.
2: Do you want the truth or a happy lie? We will try our best, but he's we a there We will try. Liar. We promise to try. He's, he's his own man, you know?
0: So, the elderflower cordial turns up, shows up. He, he has it with soda water. He's very sophisticated, you see. I suppose Ooh-hoo. you're all having another round and maybe... <laughs> he says, I do recommend you eat something, not just drink alcohol. It's it's really for the best. You guys got any duck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's not duck season, I'm afraid. And so Bill comes over and he says, Oh, I'm sorry, duck. There's no duck. I can do you a nice bit of uh, trout. I can go for some trout.
2: You got any more of those puddings? My pal George
0: pulled a few out pulled a few out the river this morning. Do it with a nice bit of almond. Sliced almond.
2: That sounds lovely. Wait,
5: did you say George? Is that the dead George? <laughs> 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 There's a lot of Georges in this town.
0: No, no, George is the, George is alive. Well, George is a very common name.
5: Mm, I see, I see.
0: Look, I don't know what you're thinking. No, my George is a different George, and he's well, he's alive and breathing. At least last time I checked.
5: Well, that is good to know.
3: That's an ominous thing to say.
0: I'll get, I'll get, I'll get <laughs> Mrs. Tatlock to get the grill on, and we'll bring out some lovely steaming hot trouts for you.
2: Hooray! I'll bring some of those puddings. I like those puddings.
0: So the Reverend, after a while, he kind of seems to have. I suppose reluctantly he is, he is trusting you and uh, he does seem that he has a weariness behind his eyes and, and clearly the events of the last few months have been getting to him and he says, I would not believe this tale if it wasn't me telling it it seems utterly incredible, impossible to believe but I swear on the lord above and all that is holy that these events happened to me. Well, it was the night of a full moon, and I only glimpsed it momentarily when I was walking home after visiting one of my parishioners. It was around 9 p.m. The moon was so bright I could see almost all the detail of the stone walls and the bushes and, and bushes and trees around me. But the heavy mist had just risen up and was starting to cover, was starting to cover the ground around me and as I was opening the front door, I heard a heavy breathing a few feet away. Looking up, I saw a huge dark shape, shrouded in mist. While the form was obscured, its burning red eyes filled me with a terror. It let out a blood-curdling cry, and I knew it had seen me. Without thought, I bolted into the house and locked the door, Thanking God for my safety, and I swear to God, I heard it scratching at the door and at my windows. All through that night, I did not sleep away. But in morning, I was still alive. I was still breathing, and it was gone. And I promise you, this was no dog. This thing stood on its hind legs. It was taller than a man. It was foul. It was a beast from hell. And then he takes a long swig of his elder elderflower cordial. Man, this really guy really doesn't like furries. All
2: right, so if this uh, this priest business doesn't go through, you should look at radio. That's a good story.
0: Yes. As I said, anyone would think that was a story, but it wasn't. It happened to me. You can see I'm not a man who drinks. I was perfectly cognizant of everything happening around me. I trust Constable Tunwell. He's a good man. He may be a bit slapdash in his duties, but he's a good man, and he may well think he killed this dog, this wild rabbit dog, but I assure you this was no dog. This was no dog. So if you have any luck in finding this thing and tracking it down, we still hear it whenever the moon is full. You'll only have to wait two nights. The full moon is nearly upon us. I promise you, you will hear it.
5: You said you came across it when you were coming back from a parishioner's house. Where was it that you saw it initially? Can you perhaps point it out on this map right here? <laughs>
0: oh, you have a, li- a lovely hand-drawn map. He shows you where his house is. It's the it's the house opposite the church. And he says it was just behind that tree following him as he was going up his doorstep.
2: About what time was this?
0: It was nine o'clock.
3: Okay. I'm going to assume that Gwen told us about the crosses that were the cross necklaces, yes. the rosaries, <laughs> that's what they're oh, called, yeah, yeah. on uh, the graves. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say to him, so we noticed when we went to the church that there were rosaries or crosses that were on the gravestones. Do you think that they could be coming from the graves? That this monster came from the graves?
0: I do not know. I do not speculate. For me, I will allow the simple people of this village to do whatever they must do to make themselves feel more secure and better about what has happened. But I do not truly believe a simple silver cross put on a grave would be enough to prevent this monstrous creature from appearing again. It is only in the will of God. And maybe God has looked kindly on us because there have been no further sightings. We we hear it howling every every month, but there have been no further deaths in the last three months and no further sightings. So maybe whatever is being done is working, or maybe it is just the will of God.
3: Has there been any changes? In the past three months, anyone move or come in, or anything like that?
0: Yes, but that can't be anything to do with it. Lawrence, the young lord, he returned, but it could be nothing to do with him. No.
3: He returned, and the monsters appeared. The attack started happening.
0: It is purely a coincidence. I assure you, he's a most wonderful young man. How could it have anything to do with him?
3: Maybe it's not. It could be a total coincidence, but...
0: You know this I... kid well enough, right? Of course, of course. The, the...
2: Is he well-liked in the village? Yes, yes. What about his he... dad?
0: Well, Lord Arthur is, is, a, is a pillar of the community. He has been somewhat distant in recent months. Maybe these events have got to him as well. and He hasn't been seen as frequently as, as he was in the past. I suppose it weighs heavily on his mind
2: does he come to church often? Is he a religious man?
0: Oh, yes. Everyone, everyone in the village comes to my sermons on a Sunday.
2: Has anyone been missing from the headcount? I imagine you know the faces and probably names <sighs> of the villagers. Well... Even the heathenistic ones. It's not a very big village.
0: It isn't, you're right. But I, I can't think of anyone that, that has suddenly stopped coming to the sermons. No, no. But I'll keep an eye out for the next one. Or the next one.
2: What day of the week is
0: it? It is now. Uh, I think it's still Monday. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Monday the second of March, I think. And so the full moon is on
2: on a Wednesday.
0: <laughs> on, on Thursday. Uh, yes, oh, yeah, uh, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, Wednesday the the fourth. He says, if you stay until then, I I assure you, you will hear things that you cannot believe. And he says, but lock yourselves in do not roam about these streets everyone has taken to doing that during the full moon and maybe that is what is preserving us social distancing
2: <laughs> i was waiting for something like that
5: <laughs> um do i notice him wearing any silver like a rosary around his neck or any rings on his fingers
0: uh yeah he's wearing a silver cross around his neck
5: okay and it's touching his skin
0: no no it's okay. on top of his priestly vestments Guys, guys, I got something to discuss with you a little bit later. Is the reverend still there? He's actually getting up to leave. He says, farewell. I will hopefully see you again Mm -hmm. soon. And remember, your troubled friend, if he ever wishes to speak to me about the matters that trouble him, please send him my way. We are all about forgiveness in the Church of England.
2: Are you sure about that?
0: Guys, I'm starting to formulate an idea in my head here. You think
4: Lawrence could be somehow related to this whole wolfman type thing going on here?
3: I mean, it would be odd if he wasn't.
5: It would. The timing is too coincidental. He is either the wolf himself or he is the catalyst for the wolf to come out.
4: I had this idea in my head. You know, recently I got looking like, well, this. And I'm probably going to be spending most of my time all wrapped up in like, with like a scarf and hat on my head and he hasn't seen me on the sunlight I wonder if he'd buy the idea of me being a vampire and I could like hint it and see if I can squeeze some truth out of him just hint I don't I don't like the sunlight I don't like garlic deadly allergic
5: do you think it would be uh, it would build camaraderie for you to claim to be a vampire should you claim to be a werewolf like him
4: that could work as well but i felt like i had the body type for a vampire and i feel like if he if he was a werewolf or knew of werewolves he could believe in a vampire i don't know i think a werewolf could work too just how my the idea started forming in my head
3: has marcus told us about being invited to their house yes
0: yes yeah yeah Yeah, they invite he invited me i almost thought he was coming on me until he said i could bring you for all right so we'll leave you there plotting your next move and we will cut to jack jack you are taken back to constable tumwell's house and you are led in and jed is propped up on the sofa and you and he kind of shrinks back as he sees you both come in and tumwell says it's easy there easy there fella easy there fella it's all right i've got him promising to make
1: amends to you now mr mcvitty what do you have to say for yourself let me apologize to the man so i lean in put my face closer He's eyeing to. you us. very suspiciously i, I whisper okay. I told you not to tell anyone. And then I say, I'm sorry. That is definitely an intimidate.
0: That is definitely an intimidate. Can you make an intimidate roll, please?
1: Uh, intimidate. Uh,
0: oh, no. Oh, dear. Jack goes, what the fuck? well, he just threatened me again. This guy's a nutter. He's a bloody nutter. And Tubble says, all right, all right. Calm down. Calm down, everyone. What the bloody hell's going on here? Look, Mr. McVitie,
1: I told you, you
0: have to make amends. What are you doing whispering in his
1: ear? I'm sorry, I must have misspoken. I I meant to say sorry, I think I chose the wrong word, and then as I corrected myself, it came out right, so again, I'm sorry. So Jed looks at you and says,
0: Get this fucking maniac out of
1: here, I don't want his apologies. He can just
0: fuck right off, I don't want anything to do with him. And Thomas says, all right, all right, all right. Okay, Vitti, you're coming with me. Come on. And he takes you back to the church, and he says, Right, you see all those headstones? Well, they're all covered in moss, every single one of them. Looks nice, actually, doesn't it? It's not nice. You can't read the inscriptions. Now, we want you to clean every headstone in
1: this graveyard. Can I ask you one question, though? Who, who wants to fucking read the inscriptions? Like, everybody who goes there knows exactly where their relatives are laying. Nobody needs to read the fucking inscriptions except for a bloody tourist from London. Mr. McVitie, are you taking a tone of voice with me? All right. I apologize to you as well then, I guess.
0: He says, and we want to see them all sparkling new by morning. No, bother. We don't mind if you work all night. You're very welcome to do that.
1: All right then. He hands you a scrubbing brush and a bucket. <laughs> By the way, Jack did remember as we were walking out of the inn that because Marcus had told us, I think, about the dinner and he realized that he really wanted to go to the dinner, so he, f- he feels like he could either finish up really quick and still kind of go to the dinner or just sort of take off, but on the other hand, yeah, no, I'm just just thinking... Well, it's up to you. Uh, actually, I think the dinner's tomorrow night, isn't it? Is that right? It was the next
0: night, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the following night. So you've got a whole night of scrubbing <laughs> ahead of you. Okay, well, I start scrubbing away then, I suppose. We're we going to come back to you. We're going to come back to you every ten minutes, just to see how you're getting on. I want you to describe taking them off off the first
1: headstone, and you need to then tell us what the inscription says. Okay, so- fair enough. The first it's got a really funny name because <laughs> it says Arthur Fuckhorse, <laughs> which I on it's really hard to read because it's a very old gravestone, so I can't really make it out. But it looks like it's saying Arthur Fuckhorse, and I can't really say it's it says um, like death date eighteen twenty six, I think. And I'm sort of just laughing to myself, like oh, who would name some. It's Arthur Farquharson. Oh, right, all right, all Arthur right, Arthur Farqua- Farquharson. Right. Oh, must have been French then, I suppose. So next one says it's a. It seems to be a couple, and it says Father William and Mother Ludwina, 1845 to 1913. Last name is Puke. William Puke and Ludwina Puke.
0: You're going to make me pay for this, aren't you? You're actually going <laughs> to is your revenge on me for getting my revenge on you. <laughs>
1: I'm just reading what they say. And by the way, the the previous one... They usually say how they died. Uh, This one doesn't actually... It's just a big cross on there. It doesn't say anything. I think there's like an engraving. But I can't really see There's a horse there as well. It's also horse-related. But I can't really tell. No, last name Puke, it's quite amazing, yeah? Puke.
0: (laughs) God. All right, so, uh, Marcus, you are very much the man about town the next day in Derby as you go to Barrett Brothers on Derby High Street, uh, a fine men's outfitters. And... I think you make quite quite an impression coming in, this um, very thin and paper, papery-skinned wrinkly wrinkly, man. But of course, they're very professional. And one of them comes up to you and, and, and says, oh, sir, oh, I think this this one particularly suits you. What do you think? As he holds up a velvet smoking jacket. This looks nice, what do you think of this skull? Uh, what colors you got it in? Oh, sir. We have all the latest fashions from Paris. What color do you think suits your um, rather interesting skin tone? I think something something loud and distracting to, to, so they don't
4: look at my skin. Maybe something like a real loud red, you know? Or, you know, like a, a rich purple.
0: Ooh, oh, a loud red, yes. Hunting red, absolutely, sir. Are you intending to chase down a few foxes this weekend? Perhaps, you know, maybe. Well... I have a huntsman's jacket over here that I think would absolutely suit you down to the ground, sir.
2: A huntsman jacket? Nah, you, you said you got this shit from Paris.
0: Oh, and you, sir, are you interested in, in purchasing something?
2: Yeah, got a, got a good dress vest. Mine's been uh, shot up.
0: Yes, a waistcoat, we call them in this country. Yes, <laughs> he leads you over to the rack. He says, these are hand-stitched in India wonderful fleur-de-lis pattern, I think you'll agree.
2: Uh, a what pattern?
0: Oh, flowers, flowers.
2: Oh, cool. Got any that are uh, lily-shaped?
0: Oh, absolutely, that, that is what the fleur-de-lis represents, I think, he says. <laughs>
2: I think the minute he pulls it out, Cole just grabs it on that, like, totally way too intensely. Just like, ah, yes, thank you, I'll take this.
0: So you return with a beautiful fleur-de-lis waistcoat. Uh, it's gold-embroidered on a green background, on a green silk field. Uh, cash money. Bait. Yes, yes. They uh, this is going to cost you a bit. And Marcus, you return with a brilliant red hunting jacket which is a little bit odd to wear that anywhere but on the back of a horse, but but you seem to be able to pull it off. He he also has sold you a pair of riding trousers and a crop. All right. And a riding helmet. And I think that is now. You're so fancy as fuck. I think that is now your look. I think that has to be your look now, don't you think? Like a jockey out of hell. Perfect. All right, so
1: one final visit to the graveyard. Jack? Yeah, this one's not so funny, but there's another one that says uh, In loving memory of Harry Boogers, October 6, 1891, beloved husband of Mary Jane Boogers. Did
0: you just do a search for, like, stupidest gravestones or something? Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> That's so
1: good. Alright,
0: so you finish your community service, you've made penance. And and towards the end, Reverend Stratton comes out and he stands near you as he watches you scraping that last bit of moss off Mary Jane Booger's tombstone. And he says, Ah, oh, Mrs. Boogers, she was a wonderful woman. She made the most wonderful lemon curds. Have you ever had lemon curds, Mr McVitie?
1: That's possible. Very, very lovely, very tasty.
0: I suppose we better prepare to, to lock ourselves in from tomorrow. You do know that
1: the beast will be howling. Well, I've not heard. now. what beast are you talking about, Mister McVitie, You are surely jesting with me. No, I'm not. I've, I've heard like rumours, but they're all they're all shite, right? They're just imagination. Please, we do not swear in the House of God. Oh, I apologize.
0: This beast, I think. It has been sent to try us, to test
1: us, to test our faith. Who sent it? It has been sent to test our faith. But by whom? Who's sending this? The devil. The devil? Did he create it? All of these creatures are are made by, by the great evil one, are they not? I didn't know that he can create stuff as well. I just thought the Lord creates things like creatures, living beings. I didn't know the devil does that as well. Oh, yes. There is more to this earth
0: than man alone shall ever know. What a wanker. <laughs> he says, Mr. McVitie, I do not really like your coarse language. I am wondering whether there is something else troubling you. I, I come to offer my ears and my wisdom. Well, if you've got time. I do have time, Mr. McVitty, what, What is troubling you, my son?
1: I hit the man in the in the head with a rocket. I, I didn't really like doing that. It wasn't something that I was enjoying doing. But as I told the constable... I feel like I had a reason. I was just feeling very depressed. And I was also very drunk. And also, I've experienced some very unbelievable things. I've, I've started telling you about things that, that are not dragons, but that fly and have wings. You wouldn't have believed it, but I've, I've been feeling rather fragile ever since, I believe, I've come across these things. But I'm mm. getting better already. I mean, scrubbing the gravestones, I feel for some reason it just helped me. <laughs> Distracted me, you know.
0: That is why I suggested it to Constable Tumwell. It's too closer to your mortality my son and that is a humbling experience
1: i and it's so, <laughs> yeah it's also quite funny you've got some really funny names like lots of very funny names here in the village
0: he says knowing that our time on this earth is fleeting is the most important thing for then you will truly know how to act how to behave and how to how to have a, an effect on the world around you and you my son through your coarseness, your crudeness, your violence, your foulness of language and your rather disturbing sense of humour. Beyond all of that, I see a man. You must find that purpose, Mr. McVitie. Find that purpose. Is it worth it? Do you think so? Well, maybe that is your purpose, to realise what your purpose is. <laughs> and then he turns heel and he says, you can leave the bucket by the side. And then he goes
1: back into the church. All right, thank you. You're a good man. Cheers.
2: Can Cole take the moment just to like go to the graveyard to kind of check up on Jack? Because sure. I imagine this is like day number two.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is this is now the Tuesday, the 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 day before the
1: full moon. It's the next day.
2: Sorry oh. in advance that I'm not going to be there to fight kick-ass werewolves, but uh, Cole just strolls on into the graveyard, kind of takes a look at all the all the names of the headstones, very clean, and finds Jack. He's just like, hey, you're doing some damn good work out here.
1: Oh, cool! Thank you for stepping by. You know what I realized, cool? We never really get to talk a lot, you and know? I. It's like the first time we talk, I believe. Is ah, that right? Like, yeah. Except like we're in a bar in London. Anyway, I wanted to thank you. Like you were speaking up, right, when they were arresting me. I still believe they were rightfully, rightfully arresting me. But thank you for speaking up. I appreciate it.
2: Oh yeah, sure. Why not? I uh, kind of assumed you were uh, stepping away from me because you know we're on two different sides of the law, at least at one point.
1: You're, like, a good man, Cole. I've, I've observed you've been recently doing a lot of, like, selfless acts, like, basically helping and protecting us. It's quite... I've noticed that. I wanted to thank you for that as well.
2: Oh yeah, no problem. I know it's kind of a, uh, at the expense of my house, but, you know, I've had my life ahead of me, and if I die, I die,
1: you know? So what's what's in it for you then? Like what what's in it for you? Why are, why are you here? Why are you, why are you doing this? And no, I'm just don't worry. I'm just thinking aloud. I'm having a sentimental moment. You know, I've been feeling very very fragile recently after the after Shanti. And it was such a strange thing. But I thought I digested it very well. But then the other day with, with Sarah and Gwen was there as well. You know, I jumped out of the window. And I mean, obviously Sarah kind of pushed me out. But it was weird. It was weird. I I felt a lot of greed. I don't know. Sarah is a bad person. And, you know, when, when when Gwen gave us the dollar bill, telling that we need to kill her, I think she's right. Sarah is just pure bad energy, but like...
2: Oh, I've, I fully agree. I, uh... Things weren't very cool when she pulled me through a phone.
1: Did she? For, yeah, for so sake.
2: She just got that way.
1: Anyway, shall we head back to the inn and get drunk, like? Get shit-faced?
2: Oh, actually, um... I drank a little too much last night.
1: It's Tuesday. Huh? (laughs) It's not last night anymore, it's a new day.
2: Yeah, but still, like, I woke up and felt like someone was scooping out my brains. The headache was amazing.
1: What is something you can do about it? Get shit-faced again. (laughs)
2: Listen, I'll take you up on that drinking offer, but I've got uh, more pressing issues on my mind.
1: Alright, well, I I accept that, I suppose.
2: We used to have a a friend in the group here that kind of wandered off and... When you you and Gwen were dealing with Zara, we had to go take care of him.
1: The one you killed, I heard about it, yeah, but he was trying to kill Jamie, so you've got a good reason to have blown his head away. You did well there. Thank you as well.
2: Sure. uh, (laughs)
1: Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? It it seems to me like you wanted to talk about something else.
2: I'm going to go back into London and take care of Grums' body. Is that right? He was a friend at one point.
1: Yeah, it must be painful.
2: It's not right for a friend to go without... Being buried or cremated or whatever. Why? So.
1: Well, then have a good journey, I suppose, and be back soon and stay safe.
2: Of course, you too. Stop hitting groundskeepers over the head.
1: <laughs> All right, look, I'll watch out for Jamie. I know you're. I know he's a friend of yours, a very close friend of yours, and I know you like to protect him as well as you like to protect everyone. So, just telling you, I'll I'll look out for him.
2: If you see him, actually, send him my way. He's been avoiding me and.
1: Well, we'd rather come back here. We'll, we'll wait for you here. So we'll be waiting for you to come back.
2: Well, I certainly hope you'll still be in town by the time I come back.
1: We'll be here until Thursday, I suppose. Like, I've heard someone say that's when the when the full moon comes out and the, the wolf, Lawrence, whoever it is, will find out. It
2: sounds good, sounds
1: good. All right. I'm going back to the inn. So,
0: later that night, you all walk up, the short walk, up to Plum Castle. Up to the beautiful and imposing Plum Castle. And you ring on the bell, the pull bell And that elderly butler comes out And he kind of looks a bit down his nose at you and says Oh, you better come in
5: Recognise us?
0: Sadly, yes
5: Mm. Oh,
3: sadly, the British have such funny sense of humour They're so funny, this group
2: Now we're all disappointed
0: (laughs) And he, he leads you in to Plum
1: Castle
0: There it is and you go in through these imposing double doors, and he kind of closes them behind you. And as you walk forward a bit to the next set, he says, uh, "No, no, no. Those, those don't work. Uh, the, the, they haven't been operational since, since the mid 16th century. I, I'm afraid." The um, doors? Yes, the inner, the the inner double doors. Yeah. You go in through the first set, and then before you can get to the second, he says, "Please, please, uh, we must use the side door."
3: How hard is it to fix a door?
0: Well, you see it's a very interesting story they've been immobile since the days of Charles I
5: immobile yes so it, it sounds like it's being held in place
0: yes yes they were they were fixed in place very odd'm not sure why I don't think anyone really knows why but uh, it's not a big problem and he leads you round to the side door and takes you into the grand hall. The British are weird <laughs> he says. Please may I have your coats and hats.
2: You can have my coat, but I'll take your hand if you try to take my hat.
0: Says Well, it is rather rude to eat with your hat on, Mr Mortensen, is it?
2: You're not taking the hat.
3: Claudia hands him her coat and it's a ridiculously long like cloak and it's very heavy.
2: I imagine it's It's, like like, made of mink fur too. Right,
3: right, so she kinda just like drops it on him and like (laughs) I imagine he kind of staggers a little bit.
5: And i just kind of toss my coat on top of that as he's staggering back
2: (laughs) i'll toss mine on too
0: yes Uh, he then says would you care to wait here whilst i call the master and the young master i care and he points to a very nice little bench with a padded velvet cover and it is amazing this this grand hall it's finest, fine, dark rosewood panelling, and it's clearly been cleaned and polished up to a very high standard. In fact, the, the, whole, the whole castle is very interesting because as you approached, it does have a bit of an aspect of a medieval castle, but it's clearly been adapted over the centuries, so it looks more like a grand Victorian house now with just some elements left over from the, from the medieval times. And there's a light, airy atmosphere in the, in the Grand Hall. There's an ornate fireplace, which is a very imposing feature. And you could, it's one of those huge ones that you could roast the whole pig in if you, if you were so inclined. And all around are long tapestries featuring, featuring medieval scenes, which hanging, uh, hang from the walls. And there's lots of stag's head, antlers, and other curios from the past. So you're waiting in the Great Hall. I'm kind
3: of just planning on having a pleasant evening and trying to find out as much as we can. I'm gonna I mean,
5: let them talk, <laughs> asking probing questions.
4: I'm gonna try and act like I'm something weird. I'm gonna try and give subtle hints. See what happens. Okay, okay, that's cool. Jack, what about you?
1: First of all, I, I saw the red wine on the table. I, and I, so he plans on just drinking that, craving, like craving, right? I crave, he craves it. There's, there is a side table with a decanter of, of exactly of a heavy burgundy. So he wants to he wants to get high on that. But then, sort of, if he wants to kind of, if he can, at points, sort of like figure out. So quick, I might have Lawrence is there? Is that right? Well, you're waiting for them. Right, right. So he wants to kind of observe him as he talks. He wants to kind of find sort of little signs for whatever makes him potentially aware. And at the end, number three is like, I mean, Jack is good at sort of like, he probably at some point either say, oh, you know, I need to go for to, to the loo, or he even might sort of like act as he's feeling sick, but he wants to explore the house if possible. He doesn't want to do any crazy things, but if possible, he might try to like sneak away for a bit and just like look around the house, basement and so forth, if he can. No, but Only if possible. No no crazy stuff. I promise.
2: Could I take a close look at the door that they told us not to go into? Like, do a little bit of spot hidden, see if there's anything weird about it?
1: Yeah, go on, go for it. All right.
2: There you go.
0: So, it is curious. It's like the whole thing has been, like, screwed together and, and wedged in, and it's like it was someone in the past must have spent a considerable amount of time just wedging the whole door together so it would never really open again and maybe putting screwing boards in and soldering or welding shut the locks and you know we don't have welding equipment back then but basically ensuring that it could never be opened again it's not something you could just unlock or pull out one a, a bit of wood and it would open again it's been it's been very securely fastened and the, there's no real
3: I just can't imagine it's be that hard to like get a hammer
5: sledgehammer. hammer <laughs> They certainly have the money for it. I mean, to get it
0: fixed. Yeah, I mean, it would not be hard to get fixed, but they just haven't for some reason. Yeah, why would
2: you spend all this money polishing the furnishings and the door doesn't work?
0: Well, you can always ask them. Noble people,
3: old money, they're so weird. They're
5: so weird. They're a bunch of flakes, honestly.
0: So, a few minutes later, the rather attractive young Lawrence Vane...
3: If you're into men.
0: <laughs> if you're into men. Comes in, followed close on his heels by Lord Arthur, who is literally the epitome of what you would expect. A, f- a fine, bushy moustache, old <laughs> like head.
5: A very British
2: man. He looks like he clears his throat a lot and goes... <clears> throat> 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 he looks like Lennon if he had a better moustache.
0: <laughs> he absolutely does. And, and as Lawrence comes in, he says, Papa, here are those curious chaps I was telling you about. Uh, I do hope we'll have a lively evening of convivial conversation with them. And Lawrence comes over and he, he greets Marcus. He says, this is the chap I was telling you about. Absolutely fascinating. He knows all about archaeology and um, the lands of the Orient. And Lord Arthur comes over and he says, well, I'm uh, very pleased to meet you all. Uh. Mm-hmm. <coughs> he his Excellent. He says, I am Lord Arthur. I, I am very pleased to welcome you to our family family seat. Who do I have the pleasure of uh, <clears throat> meeting?
3: Claudia Stein. Claudia
0: goes first. Oh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. And, uh, and you, sir, it says to, to Marcus. You're the archaeologist, I hear. Yep. Marcus Abate. How many bees? One. Says, very good, very good, very good. And uh, and you, my dear, uh, are you the matriarch of the group? <laughs> says to Ah, uh,
2: No, far from it. I am the doctor. You're only the matriarch of one of the group. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and these two strapping young men, uh, you're the rough and tumble, I suppose.
2: Yeah, Charon.
0: Charon? Charon. Oh, that's a that's a pretty rum name. Uh, is that it's uh, Greek? Yes, yes, I know, I know. the 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 ferryman of the dead. Is that mm-hmm. right? And were you given that name?
2: Oh, by a close friend, yeah.
0: Interesting, interesting. You'll have to tell me all about it. I am rather interested in mythology.
2: Yeah, don't get too cozy with me. I won't be here very long.
0: Oh, well, yes. So, uh, I take it you've had a look at our collection of of medieval antiquities. I'm very proud of them. Very, very proud of them.
5: Yes, you have a marvelous collection here.
0: Yes, yes.
5: How long has your family been collecting these?
0: Oh, centuries, centuries. We have been in the seat of Plum Castle since uh, the days of Henry II the 12th century we are one of the oldest families in the region
5: and are there any like common themes in the like say the tapestries <laughs> uh
0: yeah so i mean some of them are typical what you'd expect to see hunting scenes and courtly scenes a couple of them are rather interesting there they show what seems seems to be um like some kind of construction in the ground with men going in and kind of hauling things out of the ground
5: are there, perhaps, stones next to these holes in the ground? Like gravestones?
0: Uh, no, no. But there are carts with some kind of... They're carting some stuff away from these holes. But, of course, it's a very old tapestry, and, and they weren't exactly very detailed. But it's it's interesting. It's, it's kind of unusual hmm. for, for a medieval tapestry. I see you are taking an interest in our tapestries, Dr. Greaves.
5: <laughs> Thank you. Oui, yes, you have an impression, an impressive uh, collection. I was interested in, you know, I love the uh, historical context behind uh, paintings and tapestries such as these. Perhaps you have insider knowledge since it is your family, but what are they taking out or putting into the ground in this one right here?
0: Ah, yes, you have a keen eye, Dr. Greaves, a very keen eye. I bet you're a bit of a crack shot as well. Oh, oh yeah.
5: I wouldn't know. I've never
2: touched a gun.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, uh, yes, you, you, you've deduced it exactly. Uh, that is why this is called Plum Castle, you may ask. You're, you are French, are you not? Are oui. we? Yes, well, the locals, uh, there was a, there was a, a saying that, that it was named... Plum Castle, when it fell into the hands of of your king, Edward III, the Norman king, when it fell into his hands, liketh a plum. But that, of course, is just nonsense. Uh, It's nothing to do with that. Uh, The truth is, as I'm sure you know, being French, plum, French means lead. Mm -hmm. These are lead mines, very old lead mines, that uh, is where the the wealth of the area came from. Uh, There are still some in, in operation even today.
5: Oh, is that uh, are there mines connected to that uh, cave you have in this town?
0: Oh yes, yes. They were the entry points. That is where they were first discovered. Now, of course, those those caves are a natural marvel, and we they were not mined themselves. However, many other mines were established in the locale. Apparently, most of them have been have been long abandoned and covered up. But uh, occasionally, people do stumble across one. You have to be a little bit careful when you're walking the fells.
5: Mm, that is good advice.
0: Yes, yes. Well, look, we could stand here talking all night, but uh, I believe dinner will be served very shortly. Would you care to come to the dining room? Let's do it. Okay, yeah. so so Lawrence is now talking to Marcus on the way in, and he says, so, Mr. Mr. Abate, now, I would love to hear about one of your more, more recent expeditions. Where was it you said you were in Peru and you saw a pyramid? Is that what you said when we last spoke? Indeed I did. It was quite a
4: unique one. It's like, uh, I believe if I recall correctly, it kind of had like a little bit of a flat up on it, almost like a plateaued at the top. A little bit of a, a crack in it, if I remember. Quite oh, that Fascinating. Time. How Fascinating. And did you gain access to it?
0: In fact, I did. Uh, it, was, it was quite a good
4: time. I actually uh, had a little bit of help from my compadres here.
0: Oh, wonderful. And was it Incan or, or Aztec?
4: It was ink, if I recall. It was rather hot out there, so I guess my brain almost got a little frightened. It's just a lot
0: of memory now. Oh, Ooh. is that where you picked up your, uh, well, I suppose, your, your condition?
4: Uh, this condition? Uh, no, I actually got it like a week ago.
0: or A few days ago. This is, really? Yeah, it was. You know what? You can make a, a psychology role at this point. All right, let's see. Here. Okay. Uh, no, you don't. You don't sense anything in particular. Uh, he just seems surprised, and he says, "How oh, did you get that? That uh, do you mind me asking? I, I'm terribly sorry. I'm being very impertinent. I know, but how, how did it happen? I mean, it looks like a a disease of some sort. Is that is that what it is? It might be of
4: some sort. It's more of an affliction. I think some crazy dude gave me this. It's it's weird. I don't know if you're a superstitious person at all, but I think it's almost like a curse. If I do say so."
0: Okay, now, Jack, you were observing.
1: Psychology yeah. with Okay.
0: Okay, so at the precise moment that Marcus says curse, you see Lawrence just kind of shudder quite visibly. You, you're the only one that notices it. Oh. He definitely reacted very, very sharply to that expression from Marcus. But they continue chatting amiably about Incan artifacts and so on. But um, it was very noticeable to you. So, you are all now sitting down in the beautiful dining room. And it's this beautifully appointed dining room with one of those very long tables, silver candelabras, silver utensils, silver place settings, beautiful china plates. And you are all sat down. And you notice, actually, that there's a, an empty chair between Lord Arthur and Lawrence as you sit down.
2: You guys expecting someone else?
0: Lawrence says, "Oh yes, yes, my sister will be down any minute." Oh, she got a sister, eh?
2: Claudia perks up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and at that precise moment, a young woman comes in. How young? And if you thought Lawrence <laughs> was a looker, you're going to like Eloise. Oh, <laughs> Jack chokes on his wine. <laughs> this very attractive, I guess. Uh, even she's probably a couple of years younger than Lawrence. She comes in very demurely. She has that lovely kind of floral headband on and a very elegant black dress, but not racy in any way. It's a very stylish but uh, modest black dress that she's wearing with a, maybe she's got like a, a, a silver belt around, around the waist.
5: Did anyone in town mention her? I don't remember anyone mentioning a daughter. No. This
2: is the first time we've heard of any sort of...
0: Yeah. yeah. No, no one's mentioned her. They only this.
2: talk about Lawrence.
0: And she, she comes in and, and she, she greets you all and then, and then sits down. And she's quiet as a church mouse. She's very, very quiet throughout the next um, the, uh, over the next few minutes. I guess if whenever you want to say, greet her or say hello, or
3: yeah, Claudia is gonna kind of go out of her way to to greet her. Not in a gross, I'm pretty sure she's like young, right? She's like, too young. Yeah, so <laughs> she's, not. not in a... She's about
0: twenty-one. <laughs>
3: yeah, not in like in a like a flirty way, but like in a uh, she would say something like, Elvis, well, we heard so much about your brother. We haven't heard anything about you." What do you like to do in this small, just dis- out-of-the-way town?
0: She says, oh, well, my, my brother, he's the clever one, you see, and I don't do very much. I'm just here in the house, and I, you know, I, I do my embroidery, and I know Lawrence is the one you want to speak to. He's far more interesting than me.
3: I'm literally doing embroidery right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she seems very shy, very, very shy. Almost modest to a fault, actually. Like, just too modest, in fact. Clearly, she must have a bit more about her than she's than she says. But she seems to just imply that she's of no interest at all to anyone.
2: Oh, that cannot possibly be true. Could I, <laughs> totally not in a creepy way, kind of watch her for a little bit? Like, check out her body language and stuff? Hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll say that you, you, it'll take a little while, because obviously... These things can't be done like immediately if you're if you're just sitting around having having a meal. But but let's let's say that the first course is brought out. And of course, this is gonna be the full five course meal.
2: Oh god, we've got like the whole army of silver. We've got the whole
0: thing coming. <laughs> so it starts with hors d'oeuvres, an appetizer of goose liver pate, and brought with some very nicely toasted bread. Oh that is that's quite delicious, like. What animal is that? That cream. So Lord Arthur says, "Oh, it's the finest goose liver. I, I, I know it's not good for the uh, for the arteries, but uh, I do
1: like a I do like a bit of
0: pate."
2: All kind of gags.
1: Do you guys? Do you guys? Are these like local geese? Like, do you shoot them around here? Oh, the geese. I believe they're local.
0: Yes, yes. We, we uh, not from not from this village, but somewhere nearby. Most of what
1: is there good hunting around here? Like fox hunting? You know, things that people do. Oh yes, absolutely absolutely i I, I see that uh, young Mr. abate here seems
0: to have rather fancy himself for the hunt. Is that right Mr abate?
4: I mean, I've always been interested in the idea I thought this was a quite snazzy suit I always wanted to I've always loved horses wanted to try a uh, horseback riding some time I and I do love the out and open I've been meaning to I've been invited on some hunts some time but I'd always been busy with my archaeology, you know
0: well. They do say that the best hunt around these parts is the Berkshire hunt. However, we do have our own little event. There's one, I believe, in
1: a couple of weeks' time. If you're if you're still around, you should you should come and join us. Oh, that sounds nice. Up in Scotland, we we shoot our uh, wolves sometimes. We've got wolf hunting up in Scotland in the Highlands. Have you ever heard about that? Lord Arthur and Lawrence both look at you
0: rather quizzically, and uh, Lawrence says, I, "I don't mean to question you, Mister McVitti, but." You do know that wolves have been extinct in the British Isles for at least a hundred years.
1: Ah, well, uh, up around the lochs, there's a few of them left in Scotland, but they only come out, like, at night time very rarely. I actually heard something similar about this place as well, but maybe they were not referring to standard wolves. And I look at them to to catch any sort of reaction of nervousness. What are you saying? Are you, are you you're not you don't believe this nonsense about werewolves, do you? <laughs> but the villagers talk about it a lot. So I'm just I'm sure it's not what they say it is because that's nonsense and date, but like could be I guess a big wolf, big hairy wolf or something.
5: While they're getting them like you know uproarous and everything, I would like to be like. Oh, this talk is getting a little bit to my head. Monsieur, could you point me perhaps in the direction of the lady's room in your fine home?
0: Question. I will f- I, he does, and so you go ahead. Okay.
5: And is it up the stairs towards, like, the direction the daughter came from and the son came from? Perhaps it's upstairs where I can stealth around and snoop.
0: There would definitely be one on the ground floor. For, for Damn the, it! So the butler leads you out and just points you to it and then leads you to it so you can definitely try and do a bit of sneaking at this point but let's let's go back to that conversation
2: is the daughter reacting at all
0: no she's just kind of she's just being very demure and she's picking away at her pate and they're just laughing uproariously well goodness me you don't believe that folk tale nonsense but I will allow everyone who's still there to do a psychology role. Oh, for fuck's sake.
3: Yes! Oh, oh, f- yeah.
0: So, Cole, you, you know a fake laugh when you hear one. You've probably <laughs> done a few in your time. You know that they are faking this laughter. They do not find this funny at all, this conversation, but they're really trying hard to just guffaw away. But, you know, when someone's laughing falsely, especially someone with your insight into human nature, you can tell. Same with you, Claudia.
3: My sweet 50. Claudia is going to say, some of the villagers are saying that there are strange noises at night. That's apparently coincidentally happened on a full moon. If it's not a monster, then I wonder what it is. Could it be some strange dog? The police said that they shot the dog.
0: Yes, and and and, and, and absolutely. Uh, Tomwell definitely shot it. Maybe there's another one lurking around somewhere. That must be it. Uh, but uh, this is a very gloomy subject. Let, let us talk more about some of the more pleasant things. Um, I believe we have a second course of trout. We have very fine trout around here. Have you have you tri- have you tried it?
1: Yeah, we have. You know, we got some more wine. Like I think the wine the wine bottle is
0: empty. And I look at the empty wine bottle. I just finished. In this situation, there is decanters of wine that they just
1: keep bringing out. This rain is really delicious. Can I have some more, Lake? And I'm holding my glass up, the empty glass. Oh, I, I do like a man who likes a drink, says Lord Arthur. He
0: says, Should I, I, I have a rather a, an, an amusing tale to tell you about a time, uh, time that I was very, very drunk? Oh, <laughs> i love to hear it. I'd love Can to hear it. <laughs> maybe later over over
1: cigars where do you where do you where do you keep all that lovely super great wine down in your basement you have like a dedicated cellar for that oh absolutely absolutely i'm, I'm a
0: bit of an aficionado of the uh, of the southern french reds the rhone
1: valley wonderful chateau du pape you know i'm i'm a big wine connoisseur i'd love to see a cellar i have great respect for people like you who are able to admire and appreciate a good wine I would love to see it someday. What is your favourite appellation? Oh, well, there's a Scottish one that you probably haven't tried. It's not really good, like, but that's the one I prefer. I forgot the name right now, but I know that the, the, the 18 year was a good one.
2: Is it at Montiago?
0: <laughs> I think so, yeah. Mr. McVitie, I'm not talking about whiskey. I'm talking about wine. Wine.
1: Right, the red stuff, the grapes, right? He knows yeah, nothing about
0: yeah, wine, by the way. <laughs> yeah. mm. I mean, I, I do I, I wouldn't say no to a good Macallan, but wine. This is the, it's just the blood of the earth. I'd love to learn more. It's I point, like blood. You? Sorry, what's that, <laughs>
1: Mister Abate?
4: I mean, I, li- I like a nice blood wine, alcohol thing. You know,
1: <laughs> you
0: know. Get over the Sunday. They look at you as if they can't quite figure out if you're joking or not. But then the the course is finished, and you, you have you have your 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 nice trout, and then. The butler comes around and says, "May I take your? We, we are having steak as the main course. A beautiful Chateaubriand. How do you take your steak, uh, Mr. McVitty?"
1: Fry, please, fried. Sorry, what's that? Uh, deep fried, like fried in oil. Uh, sir, I mean, I can ask the
0: chef to do it, but it rather ruins the flavour. I'm afraid. Don't... Whatever, whatever you like,
1: whatever you like, mate. He's already a bit drunk. Jack is getting very enthusiastic. How about we do it in nice medium? At least then there's a little bit of. Bike still left well, in I, th- it. I think that's what the English do. You know, I have it raw, all right? Can I have it very raw and, like, just bloody raw? Bloody, like, literally bloody? He's very drunk already. Okay, and he goes around Give to... me a bloody steak! So he's, like, he's like screaming because he's very drunk. Like, I'll have a bloody steak!
0: <laughs> you know, before I finish taking the orders, Gwen, you have an opportunity to, to sneak around a bit. Where, where do you want to look?
5: So, I would like to go upstairs.
0: Okay so you head up to the upper floor and you go up the side stairs you come out into that open atrium and uh, you can only presume it's bedrooms and bathrooms do you really want to poke around in some of these
5: Mm, actually no no you're right instead can i go downstairs
0: okay certainly you head down you know what make me a luck roll at this point Gotcha, gotcha. fortunately you do not see anyone Can you make a listen roll when you get to the to the next door in the servants hall? Okay, so you hear some footsteps going past in the corridor beyond. So I guess you wait until you hear the creak of a door. And now's your chance. And
5: then I will stealth across.
0: Okay, and you get to the door and you realize that clearly from the smells coming from beyond, it's obviously the kitchen.
5: Hmm, okay. Hmm.
0: You can hear the sounds of of the chef and the and the maids in there, and probably someone's going to come out any minute now. What do you want to do?
5: Hmm. Gonna make it look real steamy in this kitchen. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Francois, you put the burner too high.
0: Okay, so you cast your fog of misdirection, and I guess you can just open the door now because you've got this big fog cloud around you.
5: Okay, I'm gonna wait to listen for like people reacting to the fog. Has anyone reacted?
0: Yes. You hear this shout saying, "Bloody hell! Open a window, love! You've you've steamed up the whole half of the kitchen there with those with that steak you're cooking."
5: That raw steak. <laughs>
0: you hear someone going over to a window and, and kind of sliding it open. Now is excellent. your excellent.
5: I will take that chance to go in quietly.
0: Okay, can you make a stealth roll? Of course, you're so good at stealth. Oh my God, no. <laughs>
5: I needed that advantage, damn. Oh, of
0: course, because you have advantage, don't you? Because I got
5: shadow. Yes. Oh my
0: God. I know. Because
5: that, you know. <laughs> that would have been a bad fumble. You
0: would have fallen straight in into the... To a plate the... of spaghetti, right, yeah. face
5: first. Yeah. Okay,
0: so, you, so describe how you almost trip over and fall into the cooking pot and how you avoid so, that. So,
5: it, like, it's a hectic-ass kitchen. It is one of those goddamn Gordon Ramsay-looking motherfucking kitchens. Like, there are chefs and sous-chefs running everywhere so it's really and it's really hard because she can only see like the knees down basically because of where the fog is so she's just trying to dodge (laughs) duck and dodge left and right like she's in a game of football and she gets elbowed hard across the face and kind of falls backwards almost into like one of those big like ton tubs of like soup and almost knocks that across (laughs) but then she grabs it kind of burns her elbow onto the stovetop and then writes it back and then stands back up to hurry Wonderful. out.
0: And after all that, you do manage to dodge into the staircase going down and, and you are down and you're out of sight. Let's cut back to the dining room. So, Miss Stein, how do you take your steak? Rare. Rare. Okay. Pepper? Plenty. Plenty. Mr. Abate, how do you take your steak? I'll go with the medium rare medium rare very good choice sir very good choice and mr morton yeah how do you take your steak blackened (laughs) are you sure it is such a tragedy to to overcook a steak
2: oh it's not overcooked if they do it right
0: he as he says overcook a steak he kind of can't help but looking at your face (laughs) <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. And then he goes over to Lord Arthur and, and Lawrence, and hello, and, and he says, um, "The usual, sirs and madam." Yes, yes. And he goes away. And then, about twenty minutes later, they return with the plates. They're all covered. They put them down. Uh, the you know, the silver, like lid on top of the plate, and then they open them up, and all your steaks are cooked perfectly how you wanted them. And you can't help but notice that Lord Arthur. And Lawrence and Eloise. Their steaks are basically raw and bloody. And I think that is where we will end the session.
3: <laughs> oh man.